Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today we're talking about numbers. I'm a math major. I mean, that's what I do. I'm not. <laughs> and I hate numbers. <laughs> You're going to love this, though. I maybe. <laughs> we'll maybe. find out. Yeah. yeah. So here's the deal, y'all. We're, we're going out on a real limb with this episode. We're going to find out if it's fun and if it makes its way to air you know that we decided that we thought there was some value in it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we're talking about numbers in the Bible, what they mean, why are they there, and we're going to get into all that as soon as we hear this quick word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back. What's up? So, Zach, there are two words, uh, numerology, and uh, that's kind of the anglicized version of talking about the significance of numbers. And the other is gematria, I think it is, and that's kind of the Greek way of talking about uh, numbers that hold a significance beyond just the number. I'm from southern Indiana. <laughs> is is that them counting lines that you're talking about, them counting drawings? Uh, yeah. Got it, got it, yeah. Gotcha. Numerology and what? G. Gematria. Yeah, gematria. I just found that today. It's a yeah. gross word. It's not geometry. No, no. it's gematria. Yeah. All right. So, I don't know. Why are those words important? They're not in the least. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just numbers. We're just throwing words around no, yeah. at this point. Yeah. All right, cool. So This we- is the issue, though. We're looking at this because... Uh, it is reality. Certain numbers just happen again and again and again. And when they happen, they do seem to have some kind of central significance, some meaning behind them. Right. Having said that, it's possible to go way, way beyond uh, the significance and read way too much into it. Right. You want... Some examples of that, some examples of the wild stuff. I absolutely do. The 153 fish. Yes. Right. So at the end of the book of John, uh, the disciples are off fishing Jesus on the shore. Uh, They're trying to figure out what are we going to do, and Jesus uh, comes up on the shore, but they don't know it's Jesus. He says, did you find any fish? They say, no, we didn't. They think... He's a middleman. He's he's a guy, a fishmonger. He comes, he buys the fish, lets the fishermen do their job, which is fishing, and then he goes and he sells the fish in the market. Well, this guy on the shore at well over 100 yards away says, throw your nets down on the right side of the boat. <laughs> they do, and there's so many fish that they drag them to shore. When they drag them to shore, they throw back all the little ones, and they throw back all the medium-sized ones, and they keep the big ones, and they count them, and there are 153 of them. Now, why is that important? <laughs> well, you ask. Uh, <laughs> trying to find out who it was who Did said I? it. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> 
But, oh, are you going to wish that you did? St. Augustine. It was St. Augustine. Okay. Who is Looking a relatively sharp guy. He's a very sharp guy. Like, we, we like Augustine. He's he got says, some fun things. first of all, the number 17 is the number of grace supervening the law. It's, I suppose, 7 plus 10. 10 is the Old Testament Ten Commandments. 7 is the perfect number. It's the number of of God and the number of, of creation. And uh, so I don't know how he came up with this conclusion, but 17 is uh, grace overcoming the law. Okay. Okay. If you add up 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4, plus 5, all the way up to 17, guess what you get, Zach? Yeah. 153. <laughs> yeah, so this is very much um, that Jim Carrey movie, the number 23, <laughs> where you're like, wow, so I was born on December 12th, 1992, and 12, there were 12 apostles, and so I that's not, that's that's 12 12, and then there's a 12 in 1992 as well. So then that's three 12s. So that's a perfect number. That's three. So that's that That means that I was meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ from my birth because <laughs> I found go. three 12s. The, and that's, that's right. perfect. And, so, and that is not what we're talking about no, here. No, <laughs> it's insanity. And so it can turn into just finding what you want to find in the middle of these numbers. And that's not what we're talking about. What no. we are talking about is when you observe certain numbers that are I mean it's it's repeated throughout scripture. It's not just in one passage, but it's all throughout scripture. Uh those numbers do sometimes tend to focus on one thing. Like for example, we're just going to run through the list. Number 1. Sure. We're number one. Number one, we've just begun. <laughs> so going all the way back to the Old Testament, of course, uh, one stands for two things. It it's, uh, stands for God. Uh, Israel would, and an Israelite would repeat three times or four times every day, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. One. Right. Um, come to the book of Ephesians. Paul in in talking about Christianity. I don't know if he's keying off of that, but in Ephesians chapter 4, he kind of says uh, the same thing. He starts out, he says, I want you to live a life that's, that's worthy. Uh, make every effort to be united. And the word united in Greek is literally the word oneness. And then he says, for there is one body, one spirit. You've been called to one glorious hope for the future, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. So you get this repetition of one and all. And what is Paul talking about? Unity. We all come together, but we're one. Right. One is the number for unity. It's the number uh, for the one God yes. that we have. Okay. So one. It's, one. It's completion. It's all. It's unity. It's, yeah. Yeah. Two is kind of interesting. Yeah. We almost didn't talk about it, but I feel like it's kind of significant. Yeah. In that two generally points back to one. Kind of, because. Yeah. Often when we see two things, like, for instance, uh, the first one we would see, uh, no, let's go with one you kind of already mentioned, the church. Um, You've got the Jews and the Gentiles. Right. Which, under Christ, come together as one church. They become one under You've Christ. got Adam and Eve. The man and the woman. Come together, become one flesh. One flesh. Um, you've got Judah and... Um, Israel, yeah, in the Old Testament, yeah, yeah, um, and they are to be one nation, not a divided right. one, right? right. Um, you have in the law, 
things can only be decided by two witnesses. You have to have two witnesses to bear testimony to the one truth right. of what they saw. Right. So so two tends to point to the need for unity. Yeah. 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 Uh, which, I mean, might Because be, it can be division. R- right. And, and, and the thing is, I mean, God doesn't want division. I mean, Jesus praying in the garden says that God's wish for us is that we all be one with one another and one with Christ, like one in Christ, um, therefore being, and he's one with God. So if, you know, if we're together and we're in him and he's in God, then we are all together. Like it's this complete unified picture, right? Um, Yeah. So it, it seems like one is is kind of what two is meant to point back to is in a strange way, biblically. Yeah, biblically. yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah. You've got the Trinity. Yep. Uh, three uh, persons in the Godhead. You've got, um, I don't know, Jesus says, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. I don't know, is there something there? I wonder. I I really, really don't know. What, in the three days that he was dead? Yeah, and the idea of three and Trinity. Well, yeah, so we got into that before, that in Jewish customs, wasn't it that three days declared a person truly dead? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to go look that up, but off the top of my head, that's how I recall it, Um, that 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 was when somebody was... Like like the coroner can make their official call kind of deal. And Jesus says, uh, uh, when they come looking for a sign, he says, the only sign I'll give them is the sign of Jonah, who was in three the days. belly of the fish for three days. Right, right. Uh, Which, this may be a good time to point this back out again, kind of what you said at the beginning. I I personally wonder if sometimes the point of numbers in the Bible is less about what the number itself means and more about kind of what we talked about in the last episode that we did um, about parallelism. Cultural significance, parallelism. That when you're reading, you go, oh, Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days. Oh, Jesus was dead in the grave for three days. And you kind of draw this link to those things because the number keeps popping up. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Another one I'll give you that we're going to get into at some point is um, when Jesus uh, tells who is it asks him how many times should I forgive somebody? Is it yeah, Peter? It's Peter. It's yeah, Peter. and and Jesus says you forgive them seventy times seven times. Jesus says that. Yeah. But if you go all the way back to Genesis, Lamech, who is the most violent man that had ever lived at that right. point in time, kills a boy just for trying to start a scuffle with him. Right. And he says, let any man that come against me receive my wrath 70 times seven times. Yeah. And so Lamech delivers his wrath 70 times seven times. Jesus says, no, we forgive people 70 times seven times. And we see those two things connected 
Jesus is drawing a parallel. There's a definite repetition there, and it's intentional. Exactly. And so is it so much that 70 times 7 is this important number? Maybe. I don't know. What's more important is that I draw the conclusion between those two events. Exactly. The connection between what Lamech said and what Jesus says. Right. And and like Randy said thus far, I mean, some of these numbers definitely have significance, but I don't know that we can always right that. and exactly. that's when we can exactly. get off in those weeds and we sometimes start seven is just seven <laughs> right right yeah sometimes it's just a number because that's what happened <laughs> okay we're on we're on uh three three does seem to be the number that uh it refers quite a bit to god in fact um does paul talk about a third heaven when he says he was caught up, does he say the third heaven? Mm, that's a good question because I always thought that that was one of the more interesting things Paul ever says. Yeah. It's just so random. Um, Paul was caught up to heaven. Hold on. I will get you an answer. Yep. Uh, caught up to the third heaven. So there is apparently, at least at the time of Jesus, Jesus, concept that there were three heavens. And the third one was where God lived, because that's who Paul's vision was about. So, What about the seventh heaven? <laughs> that's, that's just a really <laughs> bad TV show. That's a TV I'm show. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got... Um, yeah, I don't know if this is significant at all, but when the angels in Isaiah 6... Shout out, they say, holy, holy, holy mm. is the Lord God of hosts. Yeah. Yeah, it's three holies. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it. all I'm saying is that the repetition of the three just seems to come back, and it and it does seem to point okay. to God each okay. time. Okay, so pause. So we could take that three, and yeah. we can go, oh, it means this. Or we can go, oh, they said holy, 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 because God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> Maybe. One holy Maybe. for every person of the Trinity. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, that seems just as likely to right. me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Four. Okay. Four appears to be the number of creation, the number of man. Uh, there's a reference to the four corners of the earth. That's in Isaiah eleven twelve. The four directions, north, south, east, west. Um, the beings that appeared in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. uh, they had four faces. Wait. Oh, in Ezekiel. In Sorry, Ezekiel, I was thinking Isaiah. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. Got it. They had four faces. And uh, one was an eagle, that's birds. One was an ox, that's domesticated animals. One was a lion, wild animals, and one was the face of a man. That's creation, everything, uh, birds and animals and domesticated animals and man, uh, the number of creation. There are a number of other places where four occurs fairly frequently, and a lot of times it does revolve around just uh, the earth. Okay. Interesting. Can you think of any others? I can't. Four is a kind of obscure one. The the thing I've found, too, is it seems like there may be some significance in numbers. Like threes and sevens are going to be your more, like, or tens or twelves are going to be very, like, complete numbers. Some of these numbers really are repeated a lot. Right. And so the ones that fall just short or just over, like, you know, say you got seven, well, then you got six or you've got eight. It seems like there's significance in those numbers sometimes due to their relationship with seven being a number of completion. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it gets really wonky. Well, let's jump to the number <clears throat> seven. Uh, okay. That is three plus four. God plus creation. It's everything. So number seven is the number for everything. Uh, it's the complete number, the total number. And it's the day that God created or finished creation. Correct. The yeah. day of rest, right, right. So and that well, when yeah. everything is completed, right. And so we rest when the week is done. Yes, um, that's the why the Sabbath is the seventh day 
Um, the, I mean, then you get into the Jubilees. You get right. into the. I mean, that gets kind of crazy. Oh yeah, the seven. That, that's worth seven years about. of the Jubilees. Well, you got so the seven years. Right. Or every seven days we rest. Right. And then it's every seven, every seven years. Years we rest. And then every. Seven, seven sets sevens. of seven yeah. years, there's the Grand Jubilee. Yeah, and that's when you release like all slaves, right? Like, well, The slaves actually get released, uh, I think, every seven years. I think the 49 years plus Oh, is that when it's property and stuff it's gets property, reset? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's that right. goes back to the original. Yeah, 49 years would be a long time to be an indentured servant for anybody. That yes, doesn't it would. sound great. Yes, it would. Yeah. Okay. Um. The 70 times 7, forgive 70 times 7. What Lamech said, you know, I will avenge anything done against me 70 times 7. That's, I, I will completely destroy you if you come right. after me. Right. And what Jesus says is you will completely forgive someone who sins against you. Right. Well, it's almost as if to say like 7 being a number of completion. Right. It would have been enough to say... To forgive them seven times. Right. But it's like he's overemphasizing. Exactly. It's yeah, 70 yeah, yeah. times seven times. I mean, who's going to count 490 times? Right. The, the idea is you just keep forgiving. Right. You might be up 530. So, so and it's so, okay. So take that and match that with the whole idea of a completeness. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's drop back to six. Okay. Six appears to be a number that frequently uh, refers to man. Man was created on the sixth day. Mm. Moses set aside six cities of refuge in Israel, where if you kill a man accidentally, you can flee to one of those cities and have your life spared. Um, here's the big one. Okay. Three sets of sixes. Oh, boy. Six, six, six. Some, I, I've read this interpretation, and frankly, to me, it makes a lot of sense. It is man trying to be God. Six, six, six. Three sets of sixes. That it is. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, my only issue with that, so here's my question. With the way that... The way Greek numbers work. Correct. And Hebrew numbers, it by would, the way. It would, okay, and Hebrew numbers. And it would be... the way they work is they don't have separate numbers. Uh, that is really what, what we do today in writing numbers and then writing letters. That's called the Arabic system. Uh, that was developed in Arabia. Okay. And very, very uh, uh, much more uh, technical and useful and... I think Pythagoras had uh, quite a bit to do about that, in fact. But in Greek and in Hebrew, they would use letters of the alphabet. So it's like A with a little apostrophe after it is actually the number one. Right. B with an apostrophe after it is the number two. And so on and so on. Uh, they had enough letters in Greek to be able to go up to 999. Okay. And then they had to do other things, which was two apostrophes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's a thousand now. So, yeah, what uh, uh, Revelation says is not three sets of six. And it that's is 660 and, and six. So I guess that's my my issue is like... Does does six hundred carry the same connotation as sixty, and does sixty carry the same connotation as six? Because if not, the whole that three sixes out of the water. Yeah. falls apart, right? Yeah, and so right. I, that's fair to at least bring into the conclusion. I mean, you could say, and this is this is where I think you're getting in the weeds, and yep. where I think you're going, Jim Carrey number twenty three movie <laughs> is, um, well, God knew that one day. A you know American would be reading this with their lettering <laughs> system and, or their numbering system. I'm sorry, and they would read it as six six right. six. So then they would understand the true version, and that's where I think we just yeah yeah it's it seems a little much. Um, I'm okay with that. Other things about sixes, 
um, you would till the land for six years yeah, until that's true. until um, you would uh, reap your your harvest, right? Or the so uh, the sow and the harvest. Um, well, then the seventh year is a jubilee, right? You would have six years as serving as a slave before being freed in your seventh year, right? Um, so. Kind of going back to that, what I was saying, the numbers just below and just above a number like seven seem to have their own connotations yeah. Reg- yeah. like in regards to that seven, right? Um, yeah, and then – sorry, it gets into the temptation of Jesus in this this article I had pulled up earlier. But um, yeah, so it's like six. six is kind of like waiting for seven in a way, right? Like yeah. that yeah. it wants it to happen. Okay, what about eight? Eight is okay. Here is a possibility: eight might refer to redemption. Mm-hmm. Children were circumcised on the eighth day. There were eight people, and in the New Testament, they make a point of saying there were eight people in the ark in Noah's ark. Um, okay. So, you know, it could be related to redemption, but those are really the only two cases that you have in Scripture. That's not much of a repetition. Yeah, that one seems like a little bit of a reach. It is. I think so. Yeah. Nine, don't even worry about it. I mean, there's (laughs) nothing there. There's nothing there. Ten, okay. There's a lot of tens. Yeah, there actually are. So uh, what are some of the tens that you're aware of? I mean, the Ten Commandments... You have Ten um, Commandments. There's a lot of tens in Revelation. I'm trying there to remember. Um, is it ten horns? What was it? Uh, yeah, think? yeah. There is a city with ten horns or ten hills. There's a beast with ten horns, and those are divided into seven and three. And um, um, Ten generations of man before the flood on earth. Okay, okay. Um, in the book of Ruth. Boaz sits down with ten elders of the city to marry Ruth. Um, Ten is frequently used when talking about human law. Mm. Um, The the city with the ten hills usually is associated with Rome. Uh, The beast with the ten horns, there is a, or is it seven? Yeah, I don't, it's not the city on ten hills, is it? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the ten horns. Um, but, yeah, the beast with ten horns. The horns are rulers. They're Ro- human rulers. Rome sits on seven hills. Seven hills. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I'm off. But there is a beast. Yeah, there is a beast with ten horns, though. Yeah. So human government. Right. You also find... Uh, the phrase God said 10 times in the book of Genesis. Huh? Yeah. It, which in Genesis one, uh, Genesis one, I'm sorry, yeah. which is kind of pointing to the commandments. Huh. Like okay. it, th- this idea of like God, it, it's kind of back to that whole, like God's in charge kind of idea okay. with, with 10, right? It's, it almost seems like, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like it's legislative. Like it's like yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. the rolling out of something. Like God is doing something. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Eleven, you throw away. Yeah. <laughs> twelve. Wow. Okay. Now you're coming into it. There are a lot of twelves in Scripture. What are some of the ones that you remember? The Twelve Disciples is the big one. Twelve Disciples, Twelve Tribes of Israel. Yes, yeah. Well, um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's a direct link there, right? I mean, between the Twelve right. tri- tri- Tribes oh, yeah. of Israel and the Twelve oh, yeah. Disciples. Right, that's, right, right. That's huge. Then you get to the Book of Revelation, and there are 24 thrones, which may be a reference to Old Testament and New Testament, huh. the Children of Israel and the apostles of Jesus, uh, symbolically at least. Um, you have uh, in the book of Revelation, in the New Jerusalem, it has 12 gates. 
Yep. There are 12 angels yep. at the gates. On the gates, the names of the 12 tribes. The wall of the city has 12 foundations. And on those, the names of the 12 apostles. So, And yeah. from each of the 12 tribes, there are 12,144,000. For 144,000, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 12 is significant. Yeah, yeah. And that appears to be uh, sort of the divine economy, the, the, uh, uh, the way God arranges things. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 13? Nah. Nah? We do 13, but it's not in Scripture. We yeah. do 13... Uh, specific, do you know why 13 is unlucky? I don't. 13 is unlucky because the 12 apostles plus Jesus, uh, when Judas betrays Jesus. Is that really? That is really it. Yeah. So there are 13 there on Good Friday when Jesus is betrayed. That's the reason why there is not a single hotel in this country, <laughs> with the thirteenth floor. floor, that's what you're saying. That's what you're telling. No, I yeah, that's a little superstitious. That's oh, a little. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not biblical. It's you know that's us. Right, that's right. Us. That's yeah. yeah. The next number that really means anything is thirty. Okay. So you get, and I, I mentioned this, and I still don't know what it means. But uh, the Book of Kings, uh, Book of Samuel talks about David's 30 men, his great heroes, his personal bodyguard. There are 30 of them. Then it names three and 37 others. Add up three and 37, and you get 40. <laughs> but it call, the, the text calls them David's 30 heroes, David's 30 men, hmm. his 30 soldiers. I have no idea why. There's 40 of them, but they're called the 30. That's got to be significant because the number, the numbers don't add up. There are 40 individuals named to this group of 30. And I don't really know what 30, I, I do know that 30 is a significant number because Israel followed a lunar calendar the moon revolves around the earth every 29 and a quarter days. Well, they made every month a 30-day month. Okay. So at the end of the year, each year is off by just a little bit. Hmm. And throughout the years, they actually ended up adding extra days to certain years so that the solar calendar and the lunar calendar would match up. It's weird. It's that weird. Is weird. Yeah. But we do the same thing. We have a leap year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the leap year applies except for every 200 years you don't have a leap year because the lunar month and the solar month, it, it just doesn't add up if you do it hmm. the other way. So uh, that keeps everything uh, the same. Um, Aaron was mourned for 30 days. Moses was mourned for 30 days. Judas receives 30 pieces of silver. In Jeremiah, uh, the price of a slave is 30 pieces of silver. Some of that might just be coincidence. I don't know. But 30 does appear to be repeated quite a bit. Frankly, on this one, 30 is repeated frequently. I mean, so but I'm not catching with, what the commonality is. in there, is. going back to my previous statement of like, rather than trying to figure out what every number means, just linking up the fact of the repetition of numbers, um, Judas receiving 30 pieces of silver, which you've just said is the price of, the a, price slave. of a slave. Yeah. I mean, that seems significant to yeah. me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. there, there. And it's not because it's 30, it's just what price they had set. Exactly. And so that's, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of with you on I, I don't know what the significance of 30 would be within itself. The next number is 40. This one's big. Yeah. There's a lot of 40. Yeah. Um, 
the best I've seen this chalked up is that it's the number of like testing. Yeah. It uh so Noah and the Ark it rained for forty days and forty nights. Right. Um and then the sewers backed up. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh Israel in the wilderness. Well, no, it goes deeper years. than that. Yep. You got Moses in Egypt for forty years. That's true. And then he's in uh where did he go to? Um Oh, he Midian? went to Arabia. Arabia. Yeah. So he's there for 40 years. Yeah. And then he's got 40 years leading, wi- Israel, leading Israel through, through the, the desert. So, so right. Israel is tempted in the wilderness right. for 40 years. Right. And then you've got Jesus. Goes into the desert. For 40 days. For 40 days. Right? Which is you've got plain into that. very plain statements in First Samuel. Saul's kingdom lasted for 40 years. David's kingdom lasted yep. for 40 years. Yep. Solomon's kingdom lasted for 40 years. And you got to wonder, is it actually 40 years or was it like 37 and a half? And eh, we'll call it 40. Uh, the, the precision of numbers is not nearly as important as the significance of the number. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that relates to the testing or the trial, other than Israel was just getting started. Right. So, you know, maybe that's testing and trying as they get going. I've I've talked I've said how um I've I've seen like certain traditions it's not biblical, but people have made the claim that Adam and Eve were in the garden for forty days. I wonder I if that. I wonder if they took this number I bet and superimposed it back on back the story. Back on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That could be. But you see Elijah fasts um for forty days. Yeah. Um yeah. forty day or uh, sorry, forty um represents a generation of man. Yes. So there's that too. So I mean there may be sig- some significance in that saying like each dynasty of the kings was one generation. Yeah. You know, that sort of deal? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50. Okay. Um, You have the the Feast of Pentecost, which is, uh, uh, that's 50 days after the beginning of the new year, right? Okay. Uh, It does appear in feasts, celebrations, uh, you have the great jubilee is a collection a set of seven jubilees so 7 times 7 the next year is called the great jubilee so that's right. 50 right that's that's the tough thing about 50 is 50 is you know 7 being your complete number your you know your day of rest your jubilee your sabbath right Seven times seven, but then it's the day after because right. it's the new. It's like the new. It's beginning. the start. Yeah, right. it's the new start. So that that's a that's a weird one. You have the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost, which mm. you know it's probably significant that it's that it's fifty days. Well, I mean, technically, you're saying it's the first day of this new period. Yeah, is ooh, it's I a want, new start. Is there something? Is there a fifty related to uh, to the crucifixion to the new covenant? Okay. Well, well, Where? Pentecost. Well, Pentecost. Be, sure. I mean, Pentecost, Pentecost would be sure. like the mark of the right, covenant, right, right? So that right. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it does. Okay. All right. Yeah. 70. 70 appears to be judgment, um, not in the sense of punishment, but in the sense of court judgments. Moses appointed 70 elders. There were 70 members in the Sanhedrin. The Septuagint. Mm. Uh, do you know why it has the name Septuagint? Was it 70 authors that the they believed? legend right, right, that right. comes out in a letter is that uh, 70 distinct individuals went into a room and they each translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek and when they came out... They compared them and they were all identical. Yes. Eh, not so much. 
But it well may be that there were 70 scholars working on this translation of the Bible from Hebrew into Greek. Well, the I mean, the reason for that legend is to show like, or to <laughs> to attempt to make up uh, a reason to show like God's divine presence in yeah, the translation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is for sure. not good that they would do that, <laughs> but that's what it seems to be happening there. Definitely apocryphal. Uh, you get um, Israel spends 70 years in captivity. And one of the really interesting things, there were three captivities of the southern kingdom, three exiles, three um, times that Babylon came and carried off a number of people. In the first one, it was Daniel and the leaders of Israel, about 17,000 people. The next one was all of the uh, sort of business leaders, and there were about 40,000 carried off then. The final one, they took the ringleaders of the uh, rebel forces that continued to fight against Babylon down there. And there was, uh, it was a smaller group. It was like six, 7,000 or so. Uh, <clears throat> there were three waves of return. Each one happens about 70 years, give or take a year from the first. Those first three waves of exile took place over about a 13-year period. The three waves of return took place over about a 13-year period. Just, I find that incredibly fascinating. That is so strange. Yeah. I mean, it like, do we have more? Do we have more numbers? I have one more number. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I we can get to that, but it's just like, I, it's so hard to figure out what to do with the numbers of the Bible. Because it's like, do do these actually mean something every time? Um, what what am I supposed to do with this? The the other thing you run into is, I feel like sometimes what you get biblically is just estimates. Yeah. Like if you get an, an eyewitness account of something, they're not giving you that number because they're trying to say something special. They looked and they saw and they guessed and they wrote something down. I yeah. think I you see that too biblically. Yeah, you do. Um, and so the hard part with numbers is determining how to read them when you come to them. And so I guess my, my thing, I, I'm going to lean on it again, is looking for that, like where those lines get drawn. Where right. is the overlap? Right. Where, where right. are these dots starting to connect? Okay, I've seen 30. Where else have I seen 30? Okay, I saw seven. Where I've, I know I've heard that number a lot in right. scripture. Right. Right. Why does that keep coming up? Is there a significance here? With certain numbers like seven or like three or like ten or like twelve or you know forty, you're gonna see one hundred percent. There's right. something going right. on here. With others, not so much. Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes, not all the time. Last number, three and a half. That's a weird one. It is definitely weird, but this one is this one is solid. Three and a half refers to God's apocalyptic judgment and especially uh, the persecution. So Daniel uh, chapter 7 verse 25 says, um, he will defy, this is, this is talking about the fourth beast that comes in the book of Daniel. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He'll try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they'll be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. In Hebrew, there are two ways to make a plural. One way doubles it. The other way makes it an undefined number of extra things. So you have one word, for one thing, this particular ending that you put on the word makes it two things. And then the third ending makes it many things. Time, two times, and half a time. Three and a half. So the fourth beast will oppress 
God's followers for three and a half periods, three and a half times. But but it's not necessarily half then, if that's the case. It's it's three and an undefined. Period. No, 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 no. Well, it's wait. time times and half a time, literally. Okay, okay. So back up. I don't think I'm following. What I'm saying is that the word times here is the doubling of time. It's not the many, the undisclosed, the undetermined number, but it's one time plus two times plus a half a time, three and a half. Okay. Chapter 12, verse 7, he says the very same thing. Uh, the man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands toward heaven, took a solemn oath to the one who lives forever, saying, it will go on for a time, times, specifically two times, and a half a time. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. Now, this becomes important because in the book of Revelation, if a time is a year, 12 months in a year, three and a half years becomes 42 months. Guess what? Revelation chapter 11, verse 2 says, the two witnesses will go to the temple, and in 11.2, don't measure the outer courtyard, it's been turned over to the nations and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. Time, times, and a half a time, three and a half years. That is repeated in 13.5. The beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. He was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Three and a half years, time, times, and half a time. Now, if each month is 30 days, that makes 1,260 days. Guess what, Zach? <laughs> Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, I'll give power to my two witnesses. They'll be clothed in burlap, and they will prophesy during those 1,260 days. And in chapter 12, verse 6, the woman and the dragon, the woman flees before the dragon. The woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Three and a half years is the time of uh, tribulation, of trial, of persecution, of suffering. That is why... There are some who say the tribulation period is seven years and some who say it's three and a half years. The rapture comes halfway through the tribulation and then there are three and a half years of continued persecution, but it's no longer persecution of the church because the church has been taken out of the picture. Randy is not giving his eschatological leanings right now. He is stating why people think what they think. Please don't argue with us about the book of Revelation. My brain can't handle it. Um, <laughs> I am definitely not saying that that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I am saying there is this repetition of three and a half in Scripture. That is insane. Now, you know what it is? You know what three and a half is? It is a broken seven. Seven is the word of completion. Oh, crap. Yeah. This is everything broken into, turned upside down. That's wild. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Oh, my That's why gosh. I wanted to save it for last. Yeah, that one's wild. I mean, I have no idea what to do with any of that. I don't either, but, but it's isn't very it very cool? interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Okay, cool. Hey. So here's what I think. Um, when you see numbers explicitly mentioned and it's repeated, it's probably important. I would stop at counting up things like saying, oh, well, there are 
seven I am's or ten I am's in John. And that means I'm not so sure. Listen, I think there is some, maybe something to that occasionally. Possibly. Occasionally. But But I think think it's much more subtle then. I like to see it really just laid out, black and white. Like time, times and half a time, 42 months, 1,260 days. They do make it blatantly clear, don't they? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's, Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Man, I, my brain's fried. I hate yeah. numbers. Yeah. I hate them. I love them. It's great. It's um, great. But, but it, it is interesting. It's cool. Um, I, I have no idea if any of this can be applied to what we're doing on a daily basis. Well, no, li- listen. Like, I mean, I think the other reason, like, aside from the whole, like, you know, when reading the Bible, look for those parallels. Yeah. Look for where things yeah. line up. I yeah. think that's one part of it. But the other thing is, like, this is something people talk about a lot, especially when they get into, like, more, um, like, conspiratorial sides of reading the Bible. There was a book about uh, 10, 15 years ago, The Bible Code. Was that the name of it? Yeah, I know that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. And that guy went deep in uh, numbers and the meaning of numbers and uh, – I would consider going over the top. Right. And th- and that's just it is like so I mean I guess the other takeaway here for you is sure is this stuff kind of interesting and is there something to a lot of it? Sure. All of it probably not. Where do you draw the line? Good luck. But <laughs> um guard yourself. Like yeah, don't yeah. just be susceptible to like fall down the rabbit hole. I know I've mentioned the number 23 movie 20 times. Just look up the cover of that movie sometime. That's what you'll look like Would if you, you go to – two more times? Stop. Stop Then it. you will have mentioned the movie 23, <laughs> 23 times. <laughs> have you ever seen the cover of it? I have. He's I just have. he's just yeah. drawn the number 23 yeah. all over Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but that's the point is like if you want to find something, you will. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. that's really the gist. I've saved you two hours of your life. You'll never get back. Don't watch it. But point being – you can go too deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You can look so hard for something you want to find in Scripture that if you plug enough numbers in, you will. You will find it. But that's not how we're supposed to read our Bibles. That's right. So if I, it's on the nose, it probably means something. Yeah. If you have yeah. to dig to get if there. If it's explicit, if it's out there, then it probably means something. Right. If you're having to dig and count, then eh, you might be... Going down a rabbit hole. Right. We have offended somebody with this episode. I'm positive. Somebody that loves this stuff. <laughs> we don't, but we love you. And so <laughs> this is uh, this is our take, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Y'all, thanks for listening. Um, make sure to check us out at SaltySaintsPodcast.com. Give us a comment. Give us a question. Uh, write us your prayers. We'd love to be praying for you guys. Um, check out our friends at LifeAudio.com. Got lots of cool podcasts over there. They are our partners in crime. We love them very much. Uh, So go check out those podcasts. And until next time, stay salty. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.